We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hey, what is up, everybody? Welcome inside the Guilty as Charged podcast. My name is Steven. I am your host, as always. Really excited about today's episode. I am always excited to talk football with my guys. Uh, and we have a, a quad box again. So joining us today to talk about free agency, we needed his expertise, uh, is Arjun. Arjun, how you doing, man? Doing great. You know, had a really good weekend, or start to the weekend at least. And now, you know, entering spring break, just excited to, you know, come back on here talk some ball. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, in case anyone missed his article, uh, Arjun did do a, a prediction article on PFF uh, predicting where uh, each of their top 50 free agents are going to sign. So uh, make sure and go check that out. That's obviously going to be the theme today. And we can we can kind of gauge some of his thoughts there, but uh, excited to have him on here as well. So also joining us are Tyler and Alex. Tyler, how are you doing, man? I'm doing very, very well. I'm very excited for this, although I'm a little bit nervous because I know every Chargers fan thinks you can sign about 20 marquee free agents. So <laughs> unfortunately, we're going to have to disappoint you. Yeah, so we uh, we are each going to share our uh, top five wish list in terms of free agents. Um, you know, I, I, I know we tried to kind of balance it out right between top tier free agents and kind of some middling, you know, free agents that are, are a little bit more realistic. So, uh, you know, we're not going to see lists of Devontae Adams and JC Jackson. I know we might, but uh, I feel like we're going to mix it up a little bit. So uh, we'll get to that point in a second. But Alex is here as well. Alex, how you doing, man? Uh, I'm doing good. Arjun, I know you won that uh, championship, the debate one, uh, but I'm actually more interested in your flag football uh, expertise and prowess because uh, you, you've been putting up some some Joe Shiesty numbers out there, haven't you? Uh, I No comment on the Joe Shiesty stuff. Um, we, I mean, we only had our first game, but you know, I, I will say I was wearing my Herbert jersey while the game was going on. There we go. Uh, so that that was the inspiration I was I was going for. Yeah, good, good go. job, Arjun. I'm sure you would have gone ahead of Shea Patterson in the draft. <laughs> and also, I'm just happy to see Michigan win a football game for once. 
man. We got the Ohio State Michigan rivalry up in uh, full class right now. But uh, yeah, so like I mentioned, we're going to be sharing each of our uh, free agent wish lists today. And then we're going to do a bit of a mock simulation uh, using over the cap and some of their numbers. And of course, you know, using some of PFF's projections in terms of contracts and, and trying to work things around. So um, it is going to be a great conversation. Can't wait to dive in. Um, first and foremost, I want to get to our wish list here. And so um, we'll just go kind of around the horn, um, just going one through five if you want, or you could do five through one either way. And then uh, just kind of highlighting, if you want to mention why you want each uh, guy, go for it. You know, we'll, we'll do a, a little bit of an elevator pitch scenario here. So we'll start with Alex. Alex, we'll get your five and then we'll go to Tyler and then Arjun and Obviously, you know, if there's uh, any kind of comments that you guys want to make about each uh, player or have a question, whatever, uh, go for that. So, Alex, we'll start with you. Uh, kick us off five through one. Uh, you can do it that way. Yeah. So um, I've kind of made my list from like least realistic to slightly more realistic. Um, so at number five, I have Von Miller from the Rams. Uh, not going to happen, but I can dream. I think he would be a great edge defender on this team. Uh, provides a lot of value. Him next to Bosa would be pretty fun. Not going to happen. So kind of will skip that one. Uh, <laughs> number four, I do have uh, Akeem Hicks from the Bears. Um, I mean, obviously just fills a very important need there at defensive tackle. Kind of fits the system that Staley wants to go for as well. Questions about his age uh, and injury history, but I mean, I think you can get him for fairly good value compared to some of the other ways to fill the interior as well. Um, at number three, this is going to be a personal one of mine, but I kind of do want Zach Ertz. Uh, and so that would be kind of a fun one. I, I, you might have to overpay for him now because of what Carolina gave uh, that Arnold guy. No, I'm sorry, not Arnold, the Thomas. Yeah, they traded that one, the other white tight end. But anyway, um, yeah, so they'll, that's going to be a thing. They're probably going to have to overpay if they really want Zach Ertz. But this team has missed kind of a good receiving tight end for a while. Uh, so I do think he would be kind of helpful. Uh, Cordero Patterson at number two, Tyler's guy. He's been talking about it nonstop <laughs> with Ryan Ficken quotes uh, and, and trying to put it into perspective for about a year now to try to get Cordero Patterson be a charger. And I can't disagree with him. I mean, he would, uh, he would help the team a lot, obviously on special teams. And, you know, he kind of fills that wide back role and they do need a sort of running back too. And they sort of need a wide receiver. Uh, so I can't disagree with him there even if maybe I'm slightly less horny for Cordell Patterson. Uh, and then I will go with my <laughs> slightly less. Uh, and then my number one uh, kind of free agent option is uh, Mike Williams. Uh, I mean, we'll talk about him, but I do think it's important that Mike Williams is ultimately back on the Chargers. There's a lot of uh, free agent stuff and whether Chargers fans want him back or not. But I do think he's important to bring back because of his relationship with Herbert and, and how they really developed this year. I think they're going to put the franchise tag on him eventually. Um, but I just think even if it makes maybe slightly more sense to let him lock from a money perspective, I do think what he contributes to the team uh, is really important. Yeah, uh, I didn't put Williams on my wish list. I, I mean, I feel like that's kind of uh, people know where I stand there. But uh, Zach Ertz is obviously the interesting one there. We've we've messaged back and forth about tight end options. Uh, Tyler made a whole video about, you know, not wanting Mike Kosicki on the team or not wanting the teams to go after Mike Kosicki. Um, but we know that they flirted with the idea of trading for Zach Ertz last year. And so, 
Um, it wouldn't necessarily surprise me if they were interested again there. Um, you know, there's a certain account there that was trying to make uh, make waves in that regard, but literally anyone can look at a previous trade interest and uh, make that connection again. So um, I, I would not mind, you know, going after Zach Ertz. I feel like he would, um, obviously the Ian Thomas contract would hurt things a little bit, but I can't imagine he costs more than $10 million at this point. So uh, maybe a bit of a value signing. And, and spoiler alert, I have a tight end on my list as well. I also have a tight end on my list, but let's see if I can beat you to it. Uh, no, good <laughs> list, Alex. Uh, clarify the Ian Thomas White comment. No, I think he meant Dan Arnold. Logan. Yeah, I think he no, meant Dan Arnold. No, okay. Uh, so I, I met Dan Arnold because I thought yeah. he was still there, but then I remembered he got traded. I just assumed Ian Thomas was White because his name was Ian Thomas and he was on a team with Dan Arnold. <laughs> so I stepped in it again. Ian Thomas yeah. is black for what it's worth. <laughs> uh, yeah. Well, another race. Big is true. Uh, per source and all that. Okay. Uh, <laughs> for me, it's going to be a bit of a list of guys that I've talked about already. Unfortunately, I've kind of already talked about these guys. So it really shouldn't come as much of a surprise. I did try to make it a, a sort of realistic list. Of course, you want Devontae Adams, JC Jackson, you know, even Von Miller. I, I just think Von Miller is returning. So like he didn't end up making my list. So for me, top five. It's kind of no particular order, but number five, I do have Hassan Reddick, who was with the Panthers, Steven and I, or at least I definitely for sure, have wanted him as early as last year because yeah. there was such an unknown within Wosu, and yet Reddick was a guy who had, you know, whatever, 60 pressures, a dozen sacks or whatever it was. Like, hey, let's go get that guy. He had another great season. He's had 100 pressures, 38 sacks, 69 run stops over the last two seasons, um, and he currently is ahead of Wosu this past season in uh, productivity and win rate. So, I know, like in mostly being back is probably going to happen, but if it isn't going to happen, and honestly, it'd be fun even if it did happen, I would like Reddick. That is just a clear upgrade. So I'm cool with that. At number four, I do have Cordwell Patterson, um, you know, a guy who was tied with, um, no, sorry, he was third most in uh, yards per touch, and Austin Eckler was right behind him. To me, if you can mix and match two guys who are top five in yards per touch as running back slash wide receiver kind of types, I think that'd be fantastic. At number three, I do have a David Njoku. I don't know how you can argue against him at this point unless you're worried about the contract itself, which I can understand, but this is a wish list. So, you know, the guy that was second in yards per route run, second in yards after the catch per reception, first in yards per reception, fourth in drop rate, third in touchdowns, sixth in pass blocking efficiency, fourth in pro football focuses run block rate. Like, you can kind of use him however you want. And to me, I just think he fits a little bit better than someone like a Gasecki or even a Schultz, as fantastic as those additions would be. And it sounds like he might be like the third or fourth guy in terms of AAV. So I think there's a slight bargain there. Um, I didn't have him on my list, but OJ Howard is another guy that I'd be really interested in. But this is more of a top five wish list. At number two, arguably could put him at number one, Dearness Johnson from the Browns, if he becomes available. I know that's not uh, set in stone yet, but it does seem like he's going to become available. Just everyone's kind of predicting that. I mean, where do you start with him? A guy that's, you know, top five in EPA per rush. And Arjun just shared with us his uh, rushing yards over expected. And, and Steven did the calculations today. He's ninth in yard, rushing yards over expected. I think if you had a, a minimum of 100 rushes, fifth in yards after contact, average fourth in yards per attempt, eighth in breakaway percentage, tied with Eckler for fourth most yards per touch. And his first, his, his three real starts this season, I know the sample size is kind of small, but he had over 400 yards from scrimmage in his three big games this year. And he played New England, Cincinnati, and, and, and the Broncos. To me, that's a very, very good... It's a good set of showings against some very good defenses. So it costs him very little, um, I think, 
and there's very little mileage there. So I like him. And also, he is a guy that's played 533 special team snaps. We've heard sort of from Ficken that they called some Browns guys. I'm not, they're not, I'm not saying they're bringing him in to play special teams, but you might want to talk to the, the Browns guys about his ability to play special teams. And we saw Justin Jackson as the RB2 doing that. So my number one is Tyron Matthew slash Harrison Smith. If Smith becomes available, that's intriguing. Um, but Tyron Matthew currently, to me, like, I just think this is the best way to free up your defense. And the, the analogy I made was playing rock, paper, scissors. You need rock, paper, and scissors. You can't play rock, paper, scissors with just rock and paper. You need a third guy out there. And to me, Tyron Matthew just fits, I think, what they would like to do, what they've been trying to do. And, and honestly, I, I think if he does actually hit free agency, I think it's a pretty easy sell. Like, would you rather play next to Derwin James or Daniel Sorensen? Although Sorensen is a free agent. But to me, Derwin James, that's an easy sell. A guy... It's not really fair to give this, you know, comparison to Adderley, but Adderley has had one interception, which was kind of a gimme from Drew Brees against the Saints his entire career. Tyron Matthew has 13 over that same span since 2019. And I know, you know, Matthew's played more, of course, and he's a veteran, but the Chargers need that. They need those 13 interceptions, not a guy like Adderley, who we saw last year kind of drop a few, not be able to pick up some that he should have had. I feel like Matthew can do a little bit more for the defense in that way. So, you know what they want to do the slot corner market being bad it's i don't know if they want to take a slot corner early in the draft i think matthew is is my favorite free agent candidate so far that seems kind of realistic and also fits to what they want to do okay do we want to okay okay so yeah I'll, I'll take it away then um i really like tyler's list i i've been going back and forth on patterson um i i personally think I'm not, he's not on my list, but like, I personally think, you know, if we bring back Patterson, if we bring in Patterson, having him and Robert seems a little bit, you know, repetitive. So, you know, sure. I know you guys, I know you guys were on the build a statue for him after the, the touch kick return for a touchdown. I'm just curious to see how that changes, you know, with Patterson as a potential option, you know, before I start my list. Like if you guys have any opinions on that. Well, you know, wanting to build a statue can, um, you know, in the moment. And uh, yeah, if you have the choice to go after Cordero Patterson or Andre Roberts, I mean, I think Cordero Patterson gives you probably slightly better value in terms of what he can do in the offense versus it doesn't yeah. seem like the Chargers really wanted to include Andre Roberts much in the offense this year. You know, that could just be because mm -hmm. he got there late and they didn't design too much for him. But um, if you make me have a choice for, you know, obviously Cordero Patterson would be you know, a little bit more expensive, but still kind of a bargain. I would probably take Patterson out of those two. Yeah, same. And I think he fills the RB2 situation um, well. But with that, I'm going to start my list. Um, so I and, you know, fair warning, this is a trenches heavy list because I've kind of I've kind of changed the way I view how to win in football now, especially not just because of recency bias, just because of some other things, discussions I've had. So number five, um, I'm going Morgan Moses. Um, I just want someone who, who can be reliable at right tackle, someone who's durable, and he's played a thousand snaps the last two seasons. He played 858 snaps in 2019. He's played, he played in Mike LaFleur's zone heavy scheme, you know, which the Chargers kind of ran last year with, with Joe Lombardi. I would say he's an upgrade over Balaga and, or especially Norton and Pipkins. It would, you know, I, I wouldn't be too happy if Norton was the swing tackle, like the, like the definite swing tackle going into training camp. 
But like I said, I think Morgan, Morgan Moses would be a viable option to start next year at right tackle. Uh, PFF has him at, at a three-year deal. Would not be surprised if he took like a one or two-year deal um, just because like I don't know how we translate to our system. But yeah, I think he'd be really good. Number four might be a surprise, but um, I'm going with Chenin Owosu. I, I think like, I don't think enough people have been talking about him or like discussing him as like someone to bring back. I know it's pretty much just been like Mike Williams and like Kaiser White, but like I was like looking at the edge rusher market and honestly, like outside of Von Miller, I don't know if anyone would be able to play Staley's scheme. I know Hassan Reddick is, is there also, you know, I, I think he's going to command more money than Nwosu, especially since Reddick had, you know, yeah. uh, how many sacks did he have with the Cardinals in his last year? It was like 15. I think he's had 28 that... sacks the last two years. Yeah. And, and Nwosu is nowhere close to that. Right. So like, you're not going to be able to, you know, Nwosu is going to be much cheaper. He did flash towards the end of the year and had some really, really good games to close out the year, especially against the Chiefs and the Raiders, where he kind of just took over in the run game and, you know, rushing the passer. And again, I just don't think the free agent class is, is built for Staley's scheme at the edge rusher position, which I think, you know, if you can get Nobosu back on a deal, you know, I, I kind of spent my entire last week just projecting contracts and all that. I think if, if you're the team side and you can get him for under 10 mil, that'd be a steal. You know, and he's an ascending edge rusher. And I think if you give him another year in the system, he'd perform. Um, which brings me to number three. I'm going uh, DJ Jones from the 49ers. I, I just think they need to remake this interior defensive line from scratch. You know, this, I think with Staley's scheme, you win in the trenches, you force third and longs, and then you let your pass rushers attack. I like, I think having a good secondary gives you a high, higher ceiling. I think having a great defensive line gives you a higher floor. And I think at this point, with how good the Chargers offense is, they should be chasing a floor, not a ceiling. I think DJ Jones gives you that chance. You know, really good run stopper, has shown flashes in the run in, in the past game. And if he if he's the guy that you can bring in and keep Hillary off the field on obvious rundowns, I think that's that's the way they should go. Which brings me to number two, Sebastian Joseph Day. In this scenario, they'd be playing Joseph Day at nose tackle and uh, DJ Jones at like Jerry uh, Justin Jones's spot from this year. So like I said, completely remake this interior defensive line. So you, you get day who has had two seasons now in Staley's scheme, a two gapping scheme, Nate Tice, Mina Kimes, they've all, you know, kind of just glorified Sebastian Joseph day as like the anchor of this, of this team. You know, yeah. I got like Ashawn Robinson would also be, you know, in a similar spot here, but days, you know, 27 ascending has had familiar familiarity in the scheme. They could go Akeem Hicks here all here also instead of DJ Jones or Day. I think going younger is obviously better and it kind of breaks the trend of what Telesco's done, which is go get older established free agent or established veterans as free agents. And I think just going younger would help the youth movement with the Chargers. And at number one, Mike Williams, I you know, I've been heavily aboard the you need to bring him back. I don't think there's like you should be tagging him if you don't think a deal could be made. He's going to be paid nicely if you tag him. So I wouldn't see a reason why he wouldn't sign it or hold in. Um, but I mean, at this point, you have to just give Herbert as many weapons as he can. I know Williams doesn't separate as much as people would like him to. I posted the table today of Keenan Allen being number one. I'm not going to yeah. say where Williams is because it's not pretty. But for me, it's just 
he gets the job done. He had a thousand yard year this year. He, when he was involved in the game plans, he was a stud. And so I think there's no reason he shouldn't be brought back. And, you know, I think he's an integral part of this offense and, you know, he should be here for the next at least three, four years. Yeah. Um, I mean, people know where I stand. I, my, my biggest thing with Mike Williams and bringing him back at this point is, you know, last off season, it was all about supporting Justin Herbert and getting the most out of Justin Herbert. And so to me, letting Mike Williams walk is counterintuitive to that goal that they had last off season. So I know everybody wants, you know, to focus in on the defense and, you know, letting Mike Williams walk would, would allow them to go get, you know, X expensive defensive player. I think for me, still the most important thing for this franchise has to be maximizing Justin Herbert's rookie contract window. And to me, letting Mike Williams walk, it does not make sense there. So um, like Arjun, I do have a, a heavily trench uh, list as well. Of course, you know, why not? I think that's kind of going to be the focus. But uh, I did like his point about Morgan Moses. I went with a different right tackle. Uh, who also has scheme familiarity, and that is Riley Reef. Uh, he was somebody that I wanted the team to trade for ahead of the 2019 season when there was uh, all those uh, Desmond King rumors. And so uh, he obviously was in Minnesota for a very long time, along with Ryan Ficken. And so Ryan Ficken, uh, I believe, was the assistant running backs coach at the beginning of his career. So there's there's got to be some kind of overlap there. And uh, I know he was... a he finished last season injured, but for the most part, you know, uh, Arjun mentioned dependability, and I think Riley Reef has been that. He's only allowed a combined 42 pressures over the last two seasons. Um, I don't think he's as good as a run blocker as Morgan Moses. I'm pretty sure that the run blocking grade and film would back that up. But I think he's a solid starter at right tackle. And, you know, we uh, <laughs> we talked about this draft class and how, you know, just not really wanting to have to be tied to taking one of these right tackles early due to all the question marks. So I think Riley Reef would uh, take that need off the board. Um, at number four for me, this is kind of a fun one. It is a tight end. It's Gronk. And Gronk, <laughs> I think, has had a career resurgence in Tampa Bay. Obviously, he retired, but it doesn't sound like he's going to stop playing. It kind of sounds like he wants to keep playing. Why not bring him out west, bring him into some warmer weather? And I think he could still be a productive player and continue to mentor, you know, Trey McKitty and Donald Parham. So uh, Gronk was actually seventh in PFF war in 2021 and fifth in 2020. Uh, this past season, he had 64 catches, 918 yards and seven touchdowns, all of which were in the top 10. He was sixth in yards after catch per reception and fifth in yards per route run. And of course, we all know how good of a blocker and just, you know, He's a great tight end, right? Like, I, I think, why not? Like, this is a fun wish list. Why not add him on here? Um, at number three, I also have Sebastian Joseph Day. Obviously, there is the Staley connection that everybody knows about. To me, this is kind of a the biggest layup of the season, or offseason, I should say. Um, and I know that he had the pectoral injury, but his, his season, man, was really on pace to be a fantastic season. So, in seven games, he had 10 total pressures, three sacks, and 22 run stops. Um, among all interior defensive linemen, he had the best run stop percentage at 15.5. If he had been able to pace out to a 17-game season, he would have had 53 run stops. And Aaron Donald led the league with 40 among interior defensive uh, interior defensive linemen. So Sebastian Joseph Day, to me, is an, was an ascending player before the injury. 
and I want a piece of that. And uh, I think he's an affordable young defensive tackle. Doesn't have as lengthy of an injury uh, history as someone like Akeem Hicks. Um, but I think that makes a lot of sense. Uh, number two for me is Jaron Curse, the safety from the Dallas Cowboys. So, um, you know, I, I think all of us are on board in terms of adding a safety. He's somebody that makes a lot of sense. He checks the coaching connection box with um, Ryan Ficken as somebody who was kind of a special, a core special teamers there, special teams player in Minnesota. And this man really just played all over the field. He had 176 snaps for Dallas on the defensive line, 446 in the box, 215 in slot, and even 54 out wide at outside corner, two interceptions, 10 pass breakups. So we had a lot of really good ball production as well. And to me, this is like, I, I've been kind of, <laughs> you know, uh, putting gas on the fire of the Tyron Matthew thing. To me, Jaron Curse is kind of, discount Tyron Matthew. And so I, I think it just makes a lot of sense there. does a lot of the same things and he's younger. So I think that makes a lot of sense for them at number one. This guy is not currently a free agent, but he is going to get cut. And that is a Darius Smith. And mm. so Zadarius to me is somebody that is very interesting. Somebody that I expect to get cut. I know he had the injury from last season, but before that, across the last previous three seasons, he totaled 225 pressures, 42 sacks, and 40 tackles for loss. So this is kind of a scenario where you're chasing a great player. Like, this is my top-tier free agent that I did want to want to have on the list instead of Tyron Matthew. Um, I think, you know, we continue to show an interest in the Green Bay Packers, and so why not continue that tradition? And I think Zadarius, for me, would be, you know, probably the best possible edge rusher, at least in terms of balancing somebody who's still young, has a few years, uh, of course, would be relatively expensive, probably in that 17 plus range that uh, PFF has projected for Vaughn Miller. But uh, yeah, Zadarius Smith is uh, number one for me. Yeah, I, I hadn't thought uh, a lot about Gronk before people started <laughs> like mentioning it to me, but I was like, oh, he's going to retire with Brady and then he didn't. And I was just thinking like, oh, well, it's been a long time since the Chargers had like a passable tight end who was like a good run blocker and a good blocker in general. I mean, Hunter Henry was passable. Uh, Jared Cook, no. Uh, and so that that was kind of the thing where I wouldn't mind having Gronk there, like you said. And um, yeah, I looked at Zedarius's cap hit after the Niners law and I was OK, he's <laughs> uh, much like my fascination with uh, Von Miller as well. Um, they just need more there. Yeah, and, you know, there's been uh, some issues, obviously, with the Packers. Apparently, he was very upset that he was not named a captain this last year. Um, doesn't really vibe with Matt LaFleur. So, I mean, the Packers need to get under the cap to be able to afford a, a potential Aaron Rodgers extension. And, of course, Devontae Adams. And, and yeah, as Jason points out, you know, Joe Barry, the Packers defensive coordinator. Um, the Packers have run a similar defensive scheme. Uh, over the last few years for Zadarius. And he, you know, he played in Baltimore as an outside linebacker as well. So uh, I think he really would be a perfect fit alongside Joey Bosa. Unfortunately, that would mean that Uchenna and Wosu would go elsewhere. But, uh, you know, I think Zadarius would make it worth it. No, I, com I completely agree there. I, I, I almost am more interested in the guys that could potentially be cut than some of the free agents that are on this list, like someone like uh, Harrison Smith, someone like a Zadarius Smith. 
But I remember if your name's Smith, apparently I'm really interested in you if you're cut. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think at that point, that's a nice, easy justification ahead of, you know, getting rid of Nwosu. I do think Nwosu's back, and I think there's a good argument for yeah. it. But um, a, a clear upgrade like that. Like, I, even though I do prefer Redick, I think there's, you know, if you get Nwosu for $4 million less per year, $5 million less per year, and then go pursue an edge rusher at 17, I think that could make a little bit more sense. But someone who's a clear like ahead of most who you know pick like and like a uh, like Smith would be a great idea. Yeah, uh, the the one thing I want to add to that. So like, I think Zadarius is in a very interesting situation. Not just because of if he gets cut, but like if he gets cut, I'm just I'm since I I spent a whole week doing contract projections and all that, just looking at like who his comp would be at this stage in his career. He's 30 years old seven he's played seven seasons right the only player i think i'm looking at who's a top tier edge rusher who signed a deal at 30 years old is cam jordan and jordan didn't really sign a deal he signed a three-year extension in 2019 when he was already under contract until 2020 yeah 2020 so he signed it like two years in advance and part part of that is because the saints were going all in under drew Brees and all that right so yeah so Jordan, his deal was three years, 52.5 mil, so 17.5 APY. I, I'm curious if Zadarius goes after something higher than that because, you know, he ha- he's had two seasons of like elite pass rushing production in 2019 and 2020. Obviously, he got hurt this year. But yeah, that's, that's going to be interesting. I wonder if he goes three years, maybe two years, maybe just comes in a, like at a one-year deal like Clowney does right. and just goes like – 116 or 117 try to build his value back up but yeah i think he's he's definitely going to command top tier money and i think he's going to chase a deal like cam jordan instead of like a a von miller or like chandler jones deal because they sound like super long deals when they were like 28 29 27 ish yeah absolutely i think it's obviously interesting that you know a bunch of us had a running back a tight end edge rusher so um, kind of gives you an indication of where we're at in, in terms of this position. And for what it's worth, I, like, I, I feel pretty confident at this point that Inwosu is back. I mean, he was the team's poster boy for Super Bowl week. I can't imagine that is insignificant. So, um, you know, I, we'll see what it is. Um, Alex, are you, are you still there? He's, he's, is he frozen to anyone else? He is frozen for me. Oh, well, I'm, I think I'm still here. Yeah. Okay. Well, we we here, Alex. Yeah. Okay. There we go. So, um, guys, any other final thoughts here before we get into kind of a, a mock simulation here? Nope. Uh, someone did ask, or just uh, Lorenzo McDaniel asked, no corners. To me, they're just not really like, well, okay, JC Jackson's returning to New England, probably. And there's just not a real great set of corners that are out there, other than maybe like a Russell Douglas, I guess. Um, but I don't think the Chargers are ready to move on from either their current guys as two outside guys. I think they'd rather just go in the draft, and it sounds like they might go in the draft. So we could talk about corners, but I'm not really super thrilled with this class. Yeah, me neither. And like I know, I know we've talked about it so much. It's like, what do they like? What are they looking for in a corner? Because are you going to move Asante inside if you sign an outside guy? Like if you draft a guy in the first round, you don't. I mean, drafting a slot corner in the first round isn't great in terms of positional value. I'd rather just take Jordan Davis at that point because slot corners aren't going to play the full hundreds percent of the snaps if they're healthy right so you just got to think about that this isn't a great like outside corner class also and in terms of rasul douglas 
you don't want to buy high on a corner because they're going to hit regression at some point. And coverage is is that streaky from year to year. It isn't smart to buy high on a corner. I'd rather buy low on a guy like James Bradbury if he gets cut, if I'm being completely honest. But that, that might just be me. Yeah, yeah James, I mean, I, just, I was just ahead, looking Alex, at sorry. some of the cornerbacks that, uh, you know, we were kind of talking about. And, like, really, I mean, it's J.C. Jackson, Darius Williams, and, like, a bunch of guys that are probably going to get, like, one-year deals, like Patrick mm-hmm. Peterson somewhere, Casey Hayward somewhere, um, probably Indianapolis with Gus Bradley. Maybe, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, that's going to be the place. But, yeah, I, I feel like it's a lot of those guys, and none of them really benefit the Chargers unless they just want a one-year deal for, like, a CB2-type player. But then that brings up, what what do they want to do with Asante? Are they going to stick him outside or put him in Chris Harris's slot corner role? We'll see. Um, but, yeah, that's why I, I don't think there's a lot of corners that really make sense unless they really do want to make a big play for J.C. Jackson or something like that. Yeah, so in terms of the corner market, like I, I definitely think that they make a move there. I don't think it'll be, you know, an expensive guy, but there, there are good depth options here, and we can talk about some of them. I, I don't see like a big expensive move there, but you know, there's Kyle Fuller, who, you know, wasn't at his best this past season, but we know that they were interested in in signing him after the Bears cut him. Um, you know, there's Mike Hughes, former Vikings first round pick, obviously connected to Ryan Ficken there. Um, so I, I think they could sign a, a good depth option there. Of course, there's Bryce Callahan, but I mean, he's been injured so often in his career. Obviously, he has the double connection with Staley in Denver and Chicago. Um, so I, I expect them to add somebody, but I, I just don't think it'll be, you know, an expensive one. And, um, you know, if you think the Chargers are going to sign J.C. Jackson, just uh, wait until tomorrow when my interview with Brad Spielberger drops and you can check that out and uh, hear what he has to say uh, kind of rules it out. But um, that being said, let's uh, let's dive into this uh, mock free agency simulation here and we'll uh, we'll talk about some of these decisions and whatnot. Uh, I'm going to take that away since it's over Arjun's face. That's my bad. Um so obviously we have to start with uh, Brian Bulaga. He is like 99% sure he's gone, whether that's being cut officially or retiring. Uh, so Tyler, let's take uh, Brian Bulaga off of here. And then obviously takes the Chargers up to 67. Yeah, 67 million. So um, the next interesting one here, of course, is talking about some potential restructures. Of course, there's uh, Keenan Allen has a good restructure option. I think Michael Davis has a good restructure option. Uh, Arjun, do you think there's any chance that Tom Telesco actually does do any restructures this year? Uh, personally, I don't. I I wouldn't advise for it either. Like I'm not for restructuring unless you're like, unless you have a quarterback not on a rookie deal and you know this is the year that you have a chance to win, I just don't see the need to potentially put yourself in a cap constraint in future years unless we have to. They have enough cap space to rank in the top five, top three in some situations in effective cap space. I just think, you know, they should just roll with what they have right now and just, you know, unless it's a cut or signing players, they don't really need to make moves elsewhere. Yeah, I think what people just forget about restructuring is you're always kind of pushing that money down the road, which is sort of the problem, right? I mean, we talk about the Saints with that a lot, who just restructured Michael Thomas and, you know, other players. Um, But, you know, you're sort of just pushing the problem down the road. And like Arjun said, with Justin Herbert on a rookie deal, you really just don't 
need to do it. Um, you know, there could come a season, like I think the last year of Keenan Allen's deal is like a 25 mil cap hit. Um, like, I mean, that's a situation where maybe he regresses a little bit and you want to restructure. But to me, that's more, much more a down the road problem than a, than a right now problem. So I guess my question is, you'll see, you know, videos or simulations where people just like, oh, we'll just restructure the deal and push it to 2023 while Herbert's still on his rookie deal. Why don't, why wouldn't they pursue that? I guess. I mean, like you could pursue it. The The issue with it is like, to me, when you restructure a deal and you're not making them, making the player uh, take a, a hit on their, their salary cap, like what's the word? Like you're not making them take a pay cut. That means you're going all in or like you're, you really think this is the year that you can win a championship. And like the, the fact of the matter is like, you know, 31 teams don't win a championship. The, th- the amount of things that have to go right for you to win is like, is crazy. And so if you're hinging everything yeah. right now, like if you're hinging everything to win a championship right now, when you really know nothing about the team, like you could have an, like you restructure a contract now, a day later, they could just tear their ACL in, in you know, off season, like training off, off facility. You just, there's yeah. so many unknowns with football. I don't think it's wise to go all in with restructuring contracts. I talked about it in my video, like the Rams going all in this year should not be a blueprint because it does it, it, it worked because there were no elite teams this year and they found, they found that niche and they found that, you know, this is the year that if we go all in and everything goes right, we can make it, even though we don't have, you know, the best dropped roster top to bottom, we have the stars that can make plays in key situations and that could help put us over the edge. But again, like Rams are under the cap. They can obviously get over the cap or they're over the cap. They can get under the cap, but restructuring to go all in or make a push at a high marquee free agent just doesn't seem like a viable strategy unless like you really, you're hundred percent sure that you can uh, get a guy like Odell Beckham Jr. in the middle of the year when you know everything about your team and how it's performing. Sorry. I know that was a lot. You're right. No, I I was going to say Arjun's right. I mean, like, for the for it to work for the Rams, like it required a lot of things to like happen. It required Matt Stafford to request a trade. It required Odell's father to go on Instagram <laughs> and and do what he did. Um, and then you know it required them making a ballsy trade for second and third round for Von Miller. So like a lot of things had to line up that were kind of impractical for it to work, which is why, like Arjun said, I don't think it's replicable. And in the instance of like the Saints and the restructuring they've been doing, you know they're sort of able to restructure someone like michael thomas because uh, i don't know if you know what happened to michael thomas last year but uh, a lot of things regarding his surgery and when he got it and uh, you know what he was to the team so you know a pay cut was kind of necessary there and mm-hmm. you know they just do Taysom. i don't even know what they do with Taysom hill it's just it's some bernie madoff <laughs> stuff uh, really with him uh but they just keep going with that contract and void years so um i i don't think a lot of that is applicable to the chargers <laughs> Yeah, you know, I have a, a good friend of mine is a Saints fan, a uh, good friend of mine from work. And so we were uh, using over the cap to kind of, you know, try and figure out how the Saints get back under the cap. And it was just like, oh, man, like this is kind of a disaster. So for every Rams team that goes all in and wins, you know, there's a Saints team that goes all in and, yeah. and hasn't it, really it, been it, able to do yeah. that. 0 for 3. Like you look at the larger sample size, you don't take the one team that won, right? Yeah, right. So. Um, I think maybe we could see a Michael Davis restructure. I know he just signed his deal and all that stuff, but I mean, coming out, coming off a down season, 
he is a potential cut candidate next year. So I, I wouldn't completely rule that out, but I, I do not expect uh, Tom Telesco to really do much besides cutting Brian Bulaga, which frees up, of course, the extra $10 million. So I think uh, the rifle place to start this exercise is, of course, with Mike Williams. Um, based off of kind of where the team is at, I feel like the franchise tag makes sense here, at least in terms of the contract and what kind of allow them to uh, reevaluate things after next season. Are we all on the same page about franchise tagging Mike Williams? I'm fine with the tag, yeah. I also vote for the tag. Yeah. Okay, so let's tag Mike Williams, and if you could scroll up, Tyler. Sorry for our uh, audio audience. I'll try and kind of explain things here, but um, that takes the Chargers down to, does that say $47 million? Mm-hmm. Okay, so $47 million, of course, uh, and a little bit in change there. So, um, Alex, you mentioned uh, Akeem Hicks here, and so... Uh, this is kind of a, a situation where I want to dive into because uh, there's something that's going to happen in the next couple weeks with the Chargers coaching staff uh, that I think will directly point them towards signing Akeem Hicks. So to me, this feels like the most likely uh, signing here, um, You know, being able to kind of replace Justin Jones with Akeem Hicks, bring in somebody that this coaching staff is very familiar with. And so for me, I, I'm okay starting this exercise after Mike Williams with the Keem Hicks. Yeah, I think my first option at, before the news would have been Sebastian Joseph Day. And I, I still think that is a possibility and a strong possibility. But yes, uh, Stephen bringing some news here, sort of, that something might change uh, everybody's minds and think of a Keem Hicks first. So uh, yes, uh, I'm, I'm all for it. Just what is, what is the deal here? How are we... Uh, how are we doing this? So this is, I think this is a great reason why we brought Arjun on here. So for what it's worth, <laughs> um, Akeem Hicks, I think, is projected at a two-year 8.5 per, if I'm not mistaken, by Brad on Pro Football Focus. But um, Arjun, what do you think? What are your kind of uh, contract comparisons for Hicks at this point in his career? Um, yeah, so good question. I think I think Hicks, with, with the way I see the Chargers re- – uh, constructing their contracts they always have a low year one cap and so the way i see it i think i think this will be a one-year deal the first year will be like fully guaranteed almost or maybe like partially like 80 to 90 percent guaranteed and it'll be like if he performs he'll get the money in year two um i i whatever brad has i'm okay with i just think the cap hit it's not it's going to be like maybe five mil this year up and then it'll be what five if, if we go five it'll be 12 Probably mil like, next year yeah so that's the way the charters have done their contracts low year one cap hit for all their veteran guys and you know i think they'll get obviously sailing hicks have some familiarity so they're going to give hicks like the benefit of the doubt that hey you know we'll we'll guarantee your first year but you know if we see some injuries or you know you just aren't performing at the level you used to i think you 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 keep the team in a situation where you can cut him next year at almost no loss. So um, I, I need to I need to pull up some like similar contracts on the market. You know I, I don't know this is this is tough. Simple if you wanted to do like yeah. five and seven or something like we can do that. Or... Yeah, no, no five so like five mil in year one and then twelve mil in year two. Um, 
Well, yeah, the, I guess like the, the other part would be like the signing bonuses and everything, but that that's just dependent on the team. Honestly, like some teams give higher signing bonuses. So yeah, you could just, how about this? You could just guarantee is like fully guarantee is year one and then nothing in year two. Cause I think that's what it's going to be. Okay. Does everything look okay on screen? Is that okay if we do it like this? Yeah. Yeah. And obviously this, I mean, Arjun knows much more about the contracts situation than the three of us, I think, but uh, obviously a rough estimate. So now we're at, uh, for the audio audience, we are now at $42.92 million in cap space for uh, 2022. So Alex, where do you want to go next after signing Hakeem Hicks? Um, I don't know. I mean, we can go in a lot of different directions here. Uh, I guess we could talk about what the Chargers should do with edge and their sort of internal free agent there in Uchenna Nwosu and mm-hmm. we could take a vote on that and then decide if we want to go in another direction or uh, throw the bag at them. Yeah, I personally do feel that based on well, honestly, Kaiser White probably not coming back at this point. I, I do think that Uchenna Nwosu is a priority for them and I would, I would, again, I completely understand why. So I do think Nwosu is back with the team. Yeah, and, I'm, and- I'm on board there. Yeah, same, same. Okay, so Jenin Wosu, we're going to extend him. How are we going to do this, folks? What is the profile ball focus? This is his number. It's a three? Yeah, three years, 8.75 APY, 26.25 total. All right, Arjun, make up some numbers for me. Just, Just make it up. Yeah, so... It says he has 15.75 guaranteed. So let's let's do year one. Let's do like, fuck, I wonder what Brad put as his signing bonus, but he doesn't list. Okay, so we'll do like four mil base salary year one. Uh, let's do, for the prorated bonuses, can we do like two million each year? Because I think that's a decent way of coming about like the signing bonus, even though I think yeah, that'll be I can't click on prorated bonus for what it's worth. So oh okay. So it's okay. So that's just base salary. Uh okay. So base salary, let's do like let's do like six mil year one then. That I was gonna put prorated bonus at at two. So so yeah, then let's do eight for and then we just need to get to twenty six point two five. So like twelve point two five in year three. And then why don't we fully guarantee year one if, you know, it doesn't really matter, but uh, fully guarantee year one, let's do, and then we just need to get to like 15.75. So you can like fully guarantee year two also. Cause he is kind of young. So like, I think having, right. giving him some like security long-term is, is fair. And then mm-hmm. this is fine. Like we don't really want to guarantee anything year three, even though Brad has him a little bit higher. Okay. All right. I am yeah. good with that. If you guys are. Yeah. Works for me. Okay, so just for to help Stephen out, the Chargers are now at $36.9 million in cap space. All right, cool. Um, I'd like to go towards um, the secondary at this point. Um, what do you guys think? Who who should we target here in the secondary? Like I said, I'm in favor of J. Ron Curse. I feel like that would be an affordable kind of upside signing. Well, what do you guys think? Yeah, no, I'm all for Curse. That would have been, yeah, I'm, I'm all for it, please. That's a good one. Yeah, I like that one. All right, let's do it. So uh Pro Football Focus has Jalen Curse at three uh times fifth or times five, so fifteen million dollars total. 
Um, I feel like that could potentially be a little bit higher based off of the career season. So, mm-hmm. you know, obviously you're paying top dollar here for somebody who just had a career season. Um, but I don't know, Arjun, what do you think there? Um, yeah, like the, I guess the problem with curse is like, yeah, he had a career year. I think he was, it was good that he was deployed all over the field. Mm-hmm. Do you, what would his role be though? Cause like it, putting Adderley curse and Derwin on the field, would we just have like a, like a really big nickel is out like what, it, what would it be? Yeah, I think uh, I think with Curse, obviously you could kind of see him filling that Alohi Gilman third safety role, um, doing probably a little bit more slot work and maybe allowing Derwin to play in the box somewhat. Um, you know, Curse for what it's worth did play a lot as a deep safety um, in Minnesota. That was kind of the majority of his reps there. Um, but yeah, he's he's essentially a big nickel playing in the box, playing in the slot. Um, more so than a deep safety. So kind of guess it depends what you're looking at in terms of Nasir Adderley and changing his role and, you know, kind of taking him in out of the deep safety spot a little bit more. But uh, yeah. yeah, I think basically um, okay. with... No, sorry, you can finish. No, no, I was going to say, just basically at this point, you rotate Derwin and and Curse in terms of slot, big nickel, uh, box safety, deep safety, and, and kind of that stuff. Okay. Yeah, I agree. So, um, so in terms of his contract, I think I'm going to use Von Bell as a similar, uh, contract comparison. So let's do for year one, let's do, um, five, let's do 4.5 mil in year one in year two, let's do 5.5 mil. And then, so that puts us, and then your three, let's do, let's do, let's do six. Cause I think he's going to come in higher than what Brad has him at, like Steven mm-hmm. said. So I think, you know, this type of like escalating contract and then Von Bell is a bunch of like per game route. Like he has a bunch of like weird bonuses in his contract. And obviously the signing bonus is kind of factored into here. So I think this is where he comes in at. This is like what, three years, 5.5 mil. So like 17.5 ish. Yeah. Yeah, okay. I want to. I want to just ask you guys because we've we've sort of contributed to the tire fire on the Tyron Matthew stuff, like uh, yeah. like we said earlier. And I feel like Curse is kind of a more malleable piece a little bit with the Adderley and Derwin James because I feel like if you have Tyron Matthew, you're probably just playing Derwin and Tyron a lot, and then that leaves a lot of questions as to what Nas's role would be, um, given the kind of money you would be giving Tyron Matthew, obviously in free agency. So. I wonder, just for me, I feel like this one makes a little bit more sense than the Matthew thing. But, um, yeah, I just want to get your guys' thoughts on that. Yeah, I, I think if you're playing, if you're signing Matthew, then, you know, you're probably playing Nasir Adderley a little bit less. But I think the reason that why I'm personally in favor of of signing a safety like this is because I, I think that Brandon Staley wants to play a lot more dime package than mm-hmm. he did this year, I think. Obviously, coming into the Chargers last year, where you have kind of that three-headed monster at linebacker, it makes a little bit more sense to live in nickel. But um, you know, one of the reasons why I was in favor of signing John Johnson last year was for this same thing. And so, um, I think that Staley wants to be able to use Derwin and another safety, you know, in the box and be able to just really cover space more so than you know outright stop the run or outright have two linebackers. And so, 
Um, I think with Curse, you're getting a bigger body. Obviously, I think he's 6'3". Um, I think he's like 220 pounds as opposed to Tyra Matthew. I think he's like 5'9", 190. Um, so I think with Matthew, you're getting more of a cover, deep part of the field playmaker as opposed to with Curse, you're getting more of a slot and box safety. Yeah, that absolutely works for me. All right. Transact. All right. Where do we want Chargers. to go next? So, yeah, the Chargers are $32.4 million right now. I do, because I do think this is something that will happen, and I want to make this as realistic as possible. I do want to extend Derwin James and get that done, because I do think that's what the Chargers mm-hmm. are going to do this offseason. So, uh, Mr. Uh, Arjun, help me out with this one. <laughs> okay, it's funny you mentioned I'm actually working on a uh, an article for PFF I should come out like Monday or Tuesday talking about how I think the safety market is going to go crazy this summer. Yeah. And, mm-hmm. and I said, if, if I think this is my like closing sentence, I don't have it up. But it's like, if you made me bet on who I think is going to, you know, reset the market, I would put money on Derwin James. Um, so yeah. let, let's just think about it in the 18.5 to 19 mil market. That's what, that's his value. That's what he's going to get. That's what he deserves, honestly. So, damn. I, I, so it's gonna be. I think it'll be coming at like fourteen or four years, nine, eight, like eighteen point seven five million dollars. So that, so that's in total value. That'd be like seventy four, no seventy five mil. So four years, seventy five million dollars. Um, yeah, nineteen probably would be seventy six. Yeah. So, I think I think that's what he's gonna get. I in terms of guarantees. It's tricky because most of the safety market it gets around like twenty five to thirty five, the twenty five to like thirty seven percent of their contract fully guaranteed. But because of his injury history, I'm I'm I don't think the Chargers are going to make the decision to guarantee a lot of his contract. So, Brad did say the same thing when I asked him this question. By the way, uh, okay, well. Yeah, I haven't talked to him about this. Fair warning. So this is at least you know good minds think alike. Um, so let's say he get he gets like 20, 20 mil guaranteed in his contract. Uh, sorry, are, are we looking for? Are, are we trying to do like year one, year two, year three, year four cash flow, or just like? Are, are we just I was like trying to see option? if that would change. For some reason, if I you see what I'm hitting, I keep hitting extend yeah. or renegotiate, and it doesn't let me do anything. So. Uh... Guess we're gonna trade him. No, uh, <laughs> I don't know what else to do. Yeah, he's not letting me change. I was just curious how much it would affect the twenty twenty two cap. It, but what'd you say, Alex? No, I said I don't know if there's a way to do it on uh on this website. Mm. Okay, I, I guess you just have yeah, to visualize it. I, I'm curious though if if we do extend him, like, does that lower his right. cap it this year? Because I think it, I think they would. Mm-hmm. I think it does. Um, last time I looked on over the cap on the other page here, when you just go to, you know, like the team page, obviously you don't have to exit Tyler, but um, when you go to the team page, I think it frees up like $6 million if you extend him this year. Mm. Um, I think just kind of bonuses, but you know, I am 100% in favor of, of extending Derwin James at this point. I think you, you know, you're, you're looking at this free agent market with Jesse Bates and Marcus Williams, who I think are really good players. Um, but Derwin James has been an all pro pro bowl player in the two years that he's been healthy and those guys haven't really reached those heights. So, uh, if there's any safety that should be the highest paid safety in the league, I 100% think 
Uh, it's Derwin James. Alex, where do you land on uh, an extension for Derwin? Yeah. So, I mean, I, you give him whatever he wants, uh, frankly. Um, <laughs> yeah. the, the safety market is tough. It's a little like the wide receiver market, I think, because Jamal Adams just came in and Nagasaki the whole thing. So yeah. now we're in this position where it's just like, okay, well, Derwin's going to get well over 18, 19, 20 million um, potentially. But like, that's just kind of what you have to pay him now. I feel like it's a similar position to where the Packers are with Devontae Adams. And then you have like the DeAndre Hopkins contract, which is just this huge outlier in an even worse way. Um, so, yeah, no, I, I definitely think you just probably have to do, like Arjun said, four years, probably 18, 19 per. And, and live with it. Obviously, I think the Chargers will probably put some stuff in there related to his injuries. But, I mean, we've seen how this team plays with him and without him. Mm-hmm. And he just can't function without him, ultimately. I was just curious about the um, the cap hit thing, actually, regarding this year. Because right. this year is his fifth-year option, right? So I don't yeah. know if that makes it less or more. Um, but it's it's not a standard rookie year. So I was curious about that. I don't know. So, so I think what, what they could do is they could they could transfer some of his P5, so his base salary, into future years in, in, in the form of a signing bonus. Like I said, I don't think they need to do that because they're in a healthy cap situation right now. Like, you know, I think they just keep his contract what it is. If I, I'm just trying to think of, like, what happened to Keenan Allen's contract when he got extended because I think it lowered his final year of his second deal a little bit. But, like I said, I don't think they need to do anything with yeah. Derwin's contract he's on right now. It's just, you know, messing around with the cash flows for yeah. his new contract. Yeah, I, th- I think it just, I, I don't know if you're a lot, the fifth year option cap hit changes. I think, yeah, when Keenan went was on his second and they kind of messed around with that. I think when you are on that second, it probably changes the cap hit when you extend somebody. But I don't know much about the fifth year option. But that's a question for one of the PFF guys for sure. <laughs> yeah, all good. All right, so we'll just keep yeah. it as is. But okay, I assume so. there's an extension, but everything stays the same this year. Yeah. Okay. Pretty much. I think that's kind of the best way to do that. Um, and, and, you know, I think in general, the safety position is a re- is in a really interesting market at this point. Um, you know, kind of similar to linebacker. We kind of saw it, you know, take a dive. And now it's kind of like coming back up. So um, just an interesting thing to keep an eye on there. But uh um, next up, I think, you know, I think all four of us have mentioned Cordero Patterson in one way or another. Um, so let's, let's add him here to the fold. Obviously would mean that, uh, Andre Roberts is kind of gone. Like Arjun pointed out here. So, uh, PFF has him at two years, $16 million. I assume that in this scenario, we can kind of do the same thing, give the team an out after the first year. Cause he is an older player. Um, so maybe do like four years for the first year and then 10 for the second year kind of thing. I don't know. Does that work? Yeah. Well, for, for what it's worth, we have two years, 12 mil total. Oh, or, my bad. Did, yeah. my, did my article say 14? Cause I, my article was, uh, has some issues here and there, but I would be looking at like the free agent rankings board. If you're looking for Brad's like exact, no, or Brad might've changed it. Yeah. I just misread it. It has two for 12 on, on the page. Okay. Yeah. Uh, I just misread it. Yeah. So I think like a four, eight, maybe five, seven structure is what he'll come in at. Um, I'm, let me, let me quick check if he had a signing bonus this year when he was under contract. Cause he just signed a one-year deal with the, 
Yeah. Well, actually, no, that, mm-hmm. it's not going to make a difference because one year deals are almost like fully guaranteed for players. So I, I think, yeah, I think if he comes at five, seven, you know, he'll probably have a signing bonus, which lowers his base salary, but his, his year one will almost be fully guaranteed, especially given the year he had. Then year two, I mean, if Staley really likes him, I think he'll, they'll be willing to give him some like maybe one or two mil in year two fully guaranteed. So yeah, you can do like 1.5 if you want or one's good. I'm sorry. (laughs) (laughs) Just leave it at 1.5 now. (laughs) Yeah. That's good. I like that. Okay. What does that do for us now? We are at $27.4 million in cap space. So I think the, the latest numbers project the draft class to cost, I think 11, million dollars to sign and then you know tom telesco usually likes to have seven eight million dollars in uh mm-hmm. reserves so i think that would put us at like eight like eight or nine million dollars left to spend yeah let yeah. me just do that this this year just let me just pick like a random person okay and just make that the number in 2022 that's the hit so we just have the number in front of us so we think 11 million dollars for the well, okay, so they need eleven million dollars. Why did you choose Daniel Sorensen? Because <laughs> it's hilarious. So they need eleven million dollars to sign these players, but I believe well during the summer. But then once the guys that the re- the draft picks are replacing leave, they actually only need like three or four million. Is that correct? So technically, yeah. they only need like three or four million, even though like they'll. they'll I'd be... go on the uh, yeah. I'd go on the higher side maybe because they have eleven draft picks this year, so. Uh-huh. Maybe like five mil plus the eight, seven or eight, so probably like the like fourteen mil. Steven, is that what you're thinking? Yeah, around think, there. Yeah. So just just to be safe, and I like doing that anyway. And you never know, like Andre Roberts signed for what one point one in the middle of the season, so it's definitely useful. Like they do need yeah. those emergency funds. I guess a fourteen yeah. mil. Yeah. Okay. Fourteen mil for Daniel Sorts. <laughs> 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 okay, so that leaves us at how much? 14.1 million. All right. So uh, a couple of people pointing out, obviously, we haven't really addressed the run defense. Obviously, you signed Akeem Hicks. Um, we signed another defensive tackle. What do you guys think here? Yeah, we go Joseph Day right here or DJ Jones. Maybe. Yeah, I I think it's probably going to be Joseph Day just because that feels like such a shoe-in. Yeah, I think DJ um, Jones is probably a little bit more expensive, no? I think it's the opposite, isn't it? Or am I wrong? Where is he? Well, Steven, do you think DJ Jones is big enough to play nose tackle or is he like a Justin Jones type player? I think he's more of a I think he's more of a Covington kind of hybrid. Mm. Um whereas okay. Joseph Day is outright nose tackle, so Yeah. I, I'd rather just go with the outright nose. Yeah, then we don't have to worry about drafting Jordan Davis in the first round. Sorry, yeah. I had to. Kill bro. <laughs> God, you're gonna do this for like three more months. <laughs> they got to go to Utah. What'd you say? Thank God he didn't go to Utah. Or Alex if he went to Utah, Utah, I'd be all for it. But oh, dude, if, if we went to Utah, <laughs> someone would be trading up to number one. <laughs> all right. So what? Hey, is man, that? I haven't what mentioned Devin Lloyd like a single time yet. So not yet, not yet. But um, yeah. So Sebastian Joseph Day, um, I think is three for eight per, if I'm not yeah. mistaken. Mm. So yeah. So um, go ahead, Arjun. Uh, okay. So maybe we go like, again, disregarding the signing bonus or factoring that in, we go six 
six mil year one. Um, let's do like eight mil year two. And then so 10 year three. What, yeah, 10 year three. That'd be 24. Yeah. And so then Brad has 15.5 guaranteed. Let's guarantee his year one. And then let's do like half of year two. Half of his 2023 yeah. or half of yeah that, that's perfect and then nothing in year four in year three okay so basically a two-year deal all righty look at that things are so much more difficult when you you know actually do things uh, so we have 8.8 .8 million dollars <laughs> in cap space and boy do we still have a lot of holes in this roster do we do we want to go to right tackle now because i feel like we haven't addressed yeah. that one and we talked about some guys like uh morgan moses and others um that's off the table at this point i think you well that, yeah that probably is off the table so that maybe some Wait, why options, but... i mean moses you could get like like i said the, the whole point of the low year one cap is just like you could fit a lot of people in so like if yeah, you get so... a more like sorry go steven I was going to say, I see what Arjun's saying because we can do, you know, the low cap hit, you know, $4 million, for example, in the first year, and we mm -hmm. would still be able to sign him. And, and again, this is just the exercise, right? So, um, and shout out to Tyler's mom. Always uh, appreciate the presence and uh, the super chat. So, um, Arjun, do you think Reef, Reef is probably more expensive than Moses at this point, or are they about the same? Yeah, no, I, I think Reef would be – so the, the funny thing with Reef is, like, there's going to be recency bias because the Bengals had, like, a pretty solid offense and they made the Super Bowl, plus the bias right. of you saw how bad the Bengals' offensive line was after he got hurt. So, yeah, right. he'll probably command more money than than uh, Morgan Moses. And I honestly, like, you know, I know Reef's injury was probably more of, like, a frequent, but, again, I just want durability. I really don't care. Like, anyone's probably an upgrade over Norton at this point. So, yeah. You know, just get me someone who can stay on the field and be healthy for at least like 15 games. Yeah. And I, I've said this before, you know, uh, Shane Day was on the coaching staff in Washington when Moses was drafted. Day was actually yeah. an assistant offensive line coach there. So maybe a little stronger connection than Ryan Ficken and Riley Leaf. So um, let's do Moses. Um, I think PFF has him three for 21. Um, but let's do, let's just do a two year. I think that probably is, is kind yeah. of where he's at with given his age. So let's do two for 14. So six and eight. Yeah. Or you could do five and seven, do five and seven instead. Sorry, Tyler. Wait, that's 12. Math is hard. My bad. Yeah. Do Man. five in year one and then nine in year two. Arjun has to listen to us, figure out how to add numbers. to <laughs> <on the> show. <laughs> I'll get, I'll get. I picked biology for a reason, so come on, Arjun, we got this. Does it, does I would, work? I would that... give, yeah, yeah, and then I would, you know, just assuming factoring the signing bonus, I'd give like three point five, not fully guaranteed because he's kind of on the older side. So this is just guaranteeing that he makes it to training camp and a high likelihood he's going to be on the roster. I think that's that's where how the salary guarantee would work here. Okay. Um, so we're at four and a half million dollars left and guys, I think, I think something needs to not happen here because unfortunately most of the other little signings here and there are a million dollars, you know, $895,000. I mean, we're does Ode, I mean, Ode Abuji, um, mm. I mean, this obviously leaves off Kaiser White, um, you know, Donald Parham on his, on his tender or whatever it's supposed to be. 
Dustin Hopkins still needs to come back. Matt Overton still needs to come back. Obviously, they're not expensive, but like, you know, $750,000, $895,000. Yeah. So do uh, do the tender for Guyton and uh, Parham. I think that's probably Parham, like yeah. for both. I think we, uh, I think we, I think we blew our load on external free agency, and this is why we're not GMs. <laughs> no, we did it. Well, no, no. So I'm, I'm curious. So, like, I think I was thinking about this before we started. Like, I don't think the goal in this free agency should be to get like marquee free agents. Like, mm-hmm. it should be to get depth. And like, right? Like, I think we so did that. I, like, Akeem. Yeah, I think we did that in a. Yeah. And again, I think I think the year one capits are going to be even lower than what we put obviously like right. time constraint, you know, I'm kind of just thinking on the spot with these contracts, but it's going to be lower than we think. And like Telesco and Ed McGuire for all the crap that charter fans give Telesco, you know, he does a great job of managing the cap, him and Ed McGuire, you know, do that pretty well. So I think they'll have a good plan going in to yeah. where not only can they patch holes, they can patch holes with play, like multiple players, which I think is super important here. Yeah. I, I mean, I think it'll, kind of be i mean we can discuss what free agency will be there's rumors as to whether they'll be aggressive or not aggressive but i do think in terms of filling up the depth um it'll sort of be like what they did in 2020 a little bit where it was just kind of like all right you know here's seven million for linval joseph here's some for chris harris right in terms of more like arjun said getting some of these depth guys um, that can help the team out in the short term on Justin Herbert's rookie deal, as opposed to some of these like big, you know, frivolous spending moves. Yeah. And for what it's worth, Daniel Popper seems to think that the right tackle spot is addressed in the draft. I happen to think that would be a mistake, but um, you know, that's obviously why we went and got Morgan Moses in this situation. So right now with four, I think that still gives you time. I, I think that gives you space here to sign, Maybe a couple one-year deals here, and then maybe do an extension for Donald Parham. I think and Steven Anderson. Um, I don't know. Maybe we can do one more just to see where we're at there. Mm. What's I mean, the What's the roster count at this point? I mean, I don't question, know. Yeah. Uh, but they do have eleven 56. draft picks. Yeah. Um, this is fifty-six under contract. Fifty-six under contract. Plus, they got. 11 does, does that include the futures cut, guys also all these people yeah it does, it does include the it does include Let's the futures um yeah so i mean plus they'll draft 11 guys undrafted free agents oh, okay that actually does kind of put them out to eventually 90 when you know everyone's kind of on the team yeah so i think in this instance you know we've obviously got the two defensive tackles we've got the safety signing. I could see them going after that secondary pass rusher market. And so I wanted to mention some names here. Um, Lorenzo Carter from the giants is a a free agent. He's somebody that Brandon Staley specifically mentioned by name, even though he was hurt at the time uh, ahead of the giants game. So he uh, is kind of a younger player. He, He was a little hurt in 2020 but he had 30 uh, he had 60 pressures and 11 sacks across the 2019 and 2021 season um i think dante fowler probably a little too expensive in this scenario but he's somebody i wanted to mention too had 60 total pressures and 11 sacks for the falcons over the last two seasons uh and then takaris mckinley is also somebody that mm-hmm. brandon staley went out of his way to praise in uh in the press conferences ahead of the cleveland browns game he had 25 total pressures and three sacks 
for the Browns this season. He is also a UCLA product, which we know that Tom Telesco uh, likes those local guys. So uh, I think in this instance with Nuosu coming back, I could see them kind of going out and, and getting, you know, this year's version of Kyler Fackrell. And I think these three players would uh, make sense there. Yeah, yeah I know. Yeah. I, I know. I know Tack McKinley. Um, he was someone that like didn't really grade out well with PFF, but like yeah. in ESPN's like the you know that chart that they make with like pass rush win rate mm-hmm. and run stop win rate. He always was like really good in pass rush win rate, and I like I thought he would have he was gonna be like a low key X factor when we played in Week Five. Um, you know, obviously it sucks what happened to him and suffering a season ending injury, but but yeah, I mean if if Staley's talking about him and he you know looks really good per the analytics. I, th- I think that could be like a sneaky signing that, you know, not many people um, are connecting the dots. Yeah. Um, I guess the one thing we didn't really address in this exercise, well, we didn't address a couple things, uh, <laughs> but the main one being tight end, because we didn't re-sign Jared Cook and we didn't really go after Ninjoku or anyone else. So um, yeah, one of the faults of this exercise is we forget how money works. No, I don't, I don't think that's necessarily a problem. I think you sort of get, your weapon well you keep williams you get your weapon in patterson and i think the t- the draft is so depth heavy with tight ends i think that tom flosco yeah. would be like yeah I'm, I'm cool with tight ends and you know donald parham and maybe jared cook comes back i don't know but i, I do want to like finish some of these like i, I do think ode abuji is back comes back i agree yeah and I, I do think that's worth i think it's a one 1.5 right yeah that's On the minimum PFF. that's what it was this year yeah that's what this projection is too. But I just rolled through real fast. So we have the numbers change. Steven Anderson, I think, is worth bringing back, right? Like, yeah, I don't in this instance where we didn't sign a, another tight end, I think absolutely he's back. Yeah, probably has to be. Um, although I guess I'll think about how that's interesting depending on what they do or what they want to do with Trey McKitty in year two. Um, but yeah, so what do we want to give him? That's probably, probably just the minimum, yeah. What minimum. was his contract? Yeah, I, I think he was like 920000 this year or something like that. Does this first number that comes up, is that the minimum immediately? Yeah. Mm, yeah, yeah, about. Yeah, it's it's, one point, it's 1.035 for, I think, like three or four accredited seasons. Mm-hmm. So, I think that's right. Okay. All right. So, what are we at now after those two? We're at three point, about 3.4 million with 58 players under contract. Um, names to think in, oh, so Dustin Hopkins is a name we haven't talked about yet. Scott Questenberry, potentially Matt Overton, obviously. Uh, yeah, well, let's do Hopkins. I, I feel like yeah. you know, I said last time that I feel like Hopkins kind of seems like the most likely there. Um, I have no idea what a kicker contract would look like <laughs> here, so uh, I'm gonna leave that up to the other three of you. I mean, um, deferring to the other two of you. <laughs> <laughs> what did what did Hopkins make this year? I would imagine like uh, probably not much. Like three, four million. I don't know. As long as it's under three point three nine one. Yeah, I guess so. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, I, I so think they have the, to bring him back. Yeah. Sorry, with the Chargers, he made one point zero seven five. Um, let me look up his. Wait, uh... Yeah, these kicker contracts are kind of kind of pricey. I'm not gonna lie. His uh, Washington contract had him at 2.5 per year. So yeah, you know, altogether three. Yeah. So you can do. Uh, 
maybe do a multi, multiple multi-year contract there and do like a two for five kind of contract or something like that or two for six okay how, how, how? so then in this so you would do like two in year one and then four in year two yeah, yeah. whatever who cares about guarantees <laughs> Right, two point two million dollars left. Um, cutting Larry Ty Long, and, uh, <laughs> cutting Larry Roundtree. Yeah, uh, did you... yeah, yeah. I don't know. Did you uh, tender Ty Long or no? No, and I, I don't. I do think they could tender him and then let him go. I'm assuming that's non guaranteed. So we, we we could tender him. Do you do you want to do that? What's the tender cost? Uh, a lot. <laughs> I, I, well, I don't think they tender him though. I think they just give him like a one year, one year deal and whatever his salary was this year. I would imagine, or it's like a one year, whatever the league minimum kind of is sort of deal. Yeah. So just for those who are uh, just joining, we are reserving fourteen million dollars in the form of Daniel Sorensen, hypothetically, uh, for the draft <laughs> class and uh, in season funds. So. Obviously, you know, that's not a one-for-one one change, but um, just kind of the way we felt doing that. I just hope someone scrolls through the video and sees that we get 14 <laughs> million to Daniel Sorensen with no context. <laughs> um, so, yeah, let's... Did you do the tender for Ty Long? I, I didn't. Which one? I mean, first, second. I mean, that's kind of... Oh, yeah. First round tender. tender for the punter. Let's go. Yeah, let's do it. 2.4, man. That's ridiculous. I'd rather just let him walk at that point. <laughs> Yeah, just yeah. no puncher this year. Let, <laughs> I mean, let's that, leave Ty Long I mean, out for let, now. Yeah, yeah let's leave him out. Yeah, yeah, I know. Well, what about Chase Daniel? No, uh, I, I think they explore a different draft yeah, option. I think with all their yeah. sevens, or just East Easton Stick maybe as the backup. Know. I mean, he's got to be yeah. the backup at some point, man. Like, um, yeah, no, that's true. So running back is another one we didn't really address either in this scenario. Well, I mean, we did get Patterson, who's wide back. Oh, yeah, yeah, you're right. You're right. You're right. I know. I forgot we did that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. We have have Kelly and Roundtree. So, like, (laughs) it's it's pretty elite. Yeah. It's an elite room right there. Oh, and neighbor's roster spot. Yeah. Oh, we actually should cut Kate. Like, honestly, (laughs) like, I'm I'm serious, though. Like, we no, because you have Steven Anderson, we should. Finally. Oh my god, what what does he save us if we cut him? Uh 895. <laughs> oh man. I mean that's, that's like another, long. Yeah, that's another minimum contract. Let's do there it. Go. Actually, I do think it's worth if we got Patterson though. Well, do you think they'll carry four running backs? No. I mean, this is the smart not. thing versus the that is the fact not. that he's Justin Herbert's friend worth $895,000. He <laughs> can give him money on the side, he's fine. <laughs> that's the money laundering there we go make his contract void um but yeah i mean in this instance like i feel like you have to cut josh kelly yeah i i agree but i also feel like he was their third back last year like do you think they'll just go with like why not just cut roundtree then definitely not be- definitely here. not before this like i think you know they'll mm-hmm. just keep him for a training camp body and then yeah. you know, cut him for roster cuts. So we'll just okay, that makes sense. So we'll just cut so Kelly, you, but it's more of a 
Well, can we do a post? Is there a difference? Well, yeah, I mean, it would be post because we're cutting them, I guess, after training camp. And then we can put that money towards the, you know, Holy kind crap, of a million dollars this year cut. All right, there we go. <laughs> we can put them towards the, the Sorensen thing of like in season moves. That's fine. I cut them. So we have $4 million in cap space, folks. How y'all want to splurge on this? I think at this point you get a secondary, crazy. another pass rusher or another corner of some kind. Well, Steven, what yeah. about what about the Gilbert article where, like, they said they were going to invest heavy resources into the special teams? Yes, yeah, so a curse would be one of those. Sort of. uh, I mean, like, I don't, I don't think any of us are like well versed in who gunners are that are free agents. So, I mean, yeah. oh, literally, oh, gunner is a gunner. Yeah, no, gunner, <laughs> sorry. Um, um, well, in later. theory, like, Ryan Smith. Yeah, I, I just think really the HL, though. Yeah. I just think they have so many seventh rounders. Like, I think that's just yeah. They probably use one on that. Who was um, the gunner after he went down? When is it? Wasn't it like Kimon Hall and Tavon Campbell? De- Devonte or Dev- uh, oh, Devonte Harris? Harris? Yeah, yeah, yeah. None of those guys really worked. <laughs> no, that's true. Um, but yeah, I think uh, some names to throw out here for corner. I mentioned Kyle Fuller earlier. Um, mm. he's super cheap that you could get here in this instance. And that would allow Tamon Campbell and Kimon Hall to play special teams. Uh, Mike Hughes is another name to throw out. Mm-hmm. Um, that's really kind of the only two names that I had here. Bryce Callahan. That's a yeah. slot guy. Obviously I could actually see that. But at this point we can just think of random names and, just do uh just do Kyle Fuller. Just he's, okay. He doesn't have the injury history that Bryce Callahan does. Do we feel like then then that was kind of a lot to throw in the secondary with Curse and then Fuller? I mean, I'm fine with that. I mean, you're you're probably signing Fuller for a one year, three million dollar deal that's half guaranteed. You're not signing him for anything crazy. Uh, what is he projected to get? Or is it not a projection because he's not a top two hundred? Uh, I think he is a top 200, isn't he, Arjun? Who? Kyle, Kyle Fuller? Oh, yeah, no, he's okay. like 180. Yeah, yeah, he's 145, so it's one year, 5.75. Probably oh, fully shit. guaranteed. <laughs> Never mind then, and not doing 5.75. Uh, well, we are yeah, I mean, I don't know. Million short. Yeah. I mean, I'm not sure how, you know, I think he'll come in a little bit lower on a down year, but you never know. Did Devonta Harris go back to the Broncos? I thought that was uh, Bassey. I thought Bassey was the one who went back. Yeah, I think Harris. I don't is know. Still, <laughs> I think Harris is a free agent. Yeah. Wait, when did Bassey but, go back? I don't. I don't really I, care. I think they like... claimed him off of waivers. Ah. But uh, okay. we're, we, uh, I told Tyler we wouldn't do a 90-minute show, and, and we're about to that point. So um, just do Kyle Fuller for like one for three, and we'll call it good. Yeah. <laughs> Why not? J.C. Jackson. J.C. Jackson, and take a massive pickup, man. Yeah. <laughs> we'll have to play Casey, for a winner. Casey uh, Hayward, Casey Hayward is, uh, might as well buy a house in Indianapolis right now. Well, this is the, this is the end of our show so we can give him yeah. wait he can rent he can rent carson wentz's house yeah do four million i guess ah <laughs> oh, crap 
second here. <laughs> Someone said, cut Joe Reed? No, I refuse. I will hold on to the Joe Reed dream forever. You guys are ridiculous. God, this is going to be such a terrible audio experience. It's a lovely <laughs> audio experience. It's going to be great. People will love it. I, I hope so. All right, so there's our cap space. So let's say 825,000 now. Heck great, yeah. So back. No. <laughs> Why would we do that? Give me uh, Overton. What is his? What's the what's the cheapest deal we can give a fifty year old punt or long snapper? Fifty year old. Punt. Uh, one year. Probably. Um, what is what does it say when you uh, re-sign him or whatever? I mean, he just gets the lowest. Yeah. yeah. Just do that. Where are we? Five hundred thirty thousand dollars left, guys. Oh Jesus! <laughs> we did it. We did. There it. we go. Um, all right, Tyler, run down the list of uh, moves that we made here. Heck yeah. Okay, so we signed Morgan Moses to play right tackle. Then we got Sebastian Joseph Day and uh, Akeem Hicks to play the interior. So that solves that. That's a great idea, in my opinion. Corderall Patterson was our splash signing on offense. He's there for, I think, two years. Uh, we re-signed Uchenna and Wosu, and I think that's going to happen. We tagged Mike Williams, and then we signed Daniel Sorensen to $14 million. <laughs> To be our placeholder for the amount of money they need for draft capital and for emergency funds. So that was $14 million. Honestly, that's probably a stretch as is. So I think like you can probably fit more money uh, into the cap space that we have. So that was, oh, and then Jerron Curse for $4.5 million this year. So we signed one, two, three, four, five, six, six players to start for the Chargers. One, well, re signed in Bosu. So and then we yeah. brought back uh, Dan Williams, Steven Anderson, and who else? Yeah, so of the free agents, we brought back Ode Abushi, obviously Chedron Mosu, Steven Anderson, Dustin Hopkins, Matt Overton, and uh, we cut Brian Bulaga, obviously, cut Joshua Kelly, thank God. And then we cut Gabe Neighbors, hallelujah. Um, and we, so extended, yeah. uh, we extended Derwin. Yes, we did extend uh, Derwin. We just couldn't it, figure out a way to actually do it. We still know how to do it. So yeah, <laughs> but uh, obviously things can change here. You know, obviously this is just a, an idea of of names to throw out there. I think we feel pretty good. Like I said, I'd be pretty surprised at this point if Hakeem Hicks were not a Charger next year. Uh, Mike Williams, Chen and Wosu, I think should be back as well. Uh, but Alex, how are you feeling about this uh, simulation? This was pretty good. Uh, I also feel like our minds just went to the deep end after the first hour. And we, we just tried to be plugging in numbers to see what works. Uh, but no, I think this is a fun exercise. And we could probably do it 100 times and come up with 100 different combinations. But uh, very fun to play around with it. And uh, no, I'm just uh, excited for free agency to get underway. And so we can actually talk about this stuff outside of the theoretical. But Arjun, any final thoughts here? Yeah, I, I think... The Chargers, number one, need to get ahead of the market. And so whatever they decide to do with Derwin and Mike will kind of dictate to me how they approach free agency. If they choose to tag Mike this week, um, I think they'll they'll tell me that they're, they are actively looking for a long-term extension and they're not just like trying to just keep him on the team for one year. Then obviously I would like to see Derwin get extended first. I don't want to have to wait until Jesse Bates or Minka Fitzpatrick. I mean, people don't really talk about him, but I mean, he's had all pro years as well. I mean, you can't really wait for other teams to make the move because then you're just going to be paying more money in the long run. So, you know, I think Staley and Telesco have kind of spoke about how they're going to be a little bit more aggressive and it's not all going to be defense. I mean, having a, like, having a top five offense is great. It can be better. 
right? So you know, making moves all around is what you know I'm looking for this year. Yeah, I'm totally cool with everything that we did. I think the the one more wild card, I guess, is Morgan Moses. Otherwise, you can connect all of these guys to their needs, to their coaches, what they want to do. So I think most of this all uh, really makes sense. The obvious one that we didn't talk about, but we're all assuming that Kaiser White is not back. It's really unfortunate, but that's just the way things seem to be going at this point. So it's unfortunate, but him not being back, uh, kind of expected at this point. Yeah, that's uh, that's gonna be a tough one yeah. to swallow. But we yeah. did we did go for Morgan Moses. Um, what's I was just kind of curious what the difference between Morgan Moses and uh, Dennis Kelly was because that was another one we Dennis sort Kelly of was talked one about. and a half million. So yeah, that is cheaper. And if they mm. wanted to go that way and kind of have more of a placeholder tackle than a starter, that could theoretically be a way to kind of shave some money down. But yeah, exactly. Morgan Moses and a later pick in the draft versus Dennis Kelly and maybe like a second or third round pick or something. So. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I think the thing with with Moses is that you get your starter theoretically for two years, yeah, as opposed to mm-hmm. Kelly, and then you know, hopefully that rookie that you pick kind of becomes that guy in twenty twenty three. So mm-hmm. I think that's really the difference. Again, you know, I'm okay with signing Dennis Kelly or somebody mentioned uh, Scott Questenberry's brother. I think his name is David, who plays for the Titans. Mm-hmm. Um, that's another one I think can make some sense. Uh, Matt mentioned Jabril Peppers in the chat. That's something that Tyler kind of floated on Twitter the other day and had a video about that. So that could be a replacement for Jerron Curse, probably a little cheaper just based off of the down seasons. But um, I feel like, you know, we kind of want a difference maker, another playmaker to add back there. So um, I'm really happy with this situation. I think that feels a lot of knees would allow the Chargers to truly take the best player available, kind of regardless of position in the first round at this point. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm really happy with this. Uh, I mentioned the Brad Spielberger interview earlier that will be dropping tomorrow. So please go, uh, check that out. And thank you guys so much for tuning in. That's going to do it for us. Keep an eye out for Arjun's article as well. Uh, that's either dropping either tomorrow or Tuesday and, uh, yeah, we'll see you guys next time. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.